Welcome to Bible News Press. Our goal is to discuss biblical faith beyond cliches and buzzwords, whether such words are religious or political. Sometimes we sit around the table and fellowship. Sometimes we do a little time travel. It is all part of our journey with our Abba Father, who has given us the key to life. We do it with Jesus, and we do it together. Welcome. Hello, I'm Laura. I will be reading Hosea chapter 11 from the World English Bible. When Israel was a child, then I loved him and called my son out of Egypt. They called to them, so they went from them. They sacrificed to the Baals and burned incense to engraved images. Yet I taught Ephraim to walk. I took them by his arms. But they didn't know that I healed them. I drew them with cords of a man, with ties of love, and I was to them like those who lift up the yoke on their necks, and I bent down to him and fed him. They won't return into the land of Egypt, but the Assyrian will be their king, because they refused to repent. The sword will fall on their cities, and will destroy the bars of their gates, and will put an end to their plans. My people are determined to turn from me. Though they call to the Most High, he certainly won't exalt them. How can I give you up, Ephraim? How can I hand you over, Israel? How can I make you like Adma? How can I make you like Zeboim? My heart is turned within me, my compassion is aroused. I will not execute the fierceness of my anger. I will not return to destroy Ephraim. For I am God and not man, the Holy One among you and I will not come in wrath. They will walk after Yahweh, who will roar like a lion, for he will roar, and the children will come trembling from the west. They will come trembling like a bird out of Egypt, and like a dove out of the land of Assyria. And I will settle them in their houses, says Yahweh. Ephraim surrounds me with falsehood, and the house of Israel with deceit. Judah still strays from God, and is unfaithful to the Holy One. The whole time I was reading this, there's a song going through my head that I've been singing since I was 16 years old when I first heard a group that goes by the name of Lamb, and that would have been about 1977. If you want a musical way to memorize prophetic passages, I recommend this group, even though a few of their songs have significant portions of Hebrew in them. Chapter 11 here opens with a verse that is quoted in Matthew 2.15 as fulfilling prophecy about Jesus. I will link to an article by gotquestions.org that I think explains how this verse is both historical and prophetic, the gist being that there are many things acted out in the Old Testament that are both history and prophetic because the whole point of the history is to present, to prophesy, to point to Jesus Christ. Israel, as a nation, is called God's firstborn son in Exodus chapter 4, verse 22, but it is all to lead to the one and only begotten Son of God in the person of Jesus Christ, so his coming out of Egypt is seen as the completion of the previous historical acting out. But verse 2 tells how Israel messed things up. What could have been a beautiful relationship was abandoned so that they could worship the Baals. A.R. Fawcett, in his commentary, says that verse 2 flows this way. The first they who called were God's prophets. The following them 
and they refer to Israel hearing and disregarding or having contempt for them, the prophets. And then obviously the next they is referring to Israel as they sacrifice to the Baals. Then verse 3 gives the vivid illustration of God teaching Ephraim, who, recall, is sometimes used to refer to all of Israel, but it refers to teaching Israel to walk and feeding him as a parent does a toddler. But they didn't know, and I have to suspect that the knowing here is like the other places in Hosea, particularly Hosea 4, 6, where it talks about them choosing not to know. They weren't paying attention. A.R. Fawcett also says that the phrase in verse 4, drew them with cords of a man, is equivalent to saying bonds of love. So don't confuse this with harnessing of an animal. Instead, this is building on the idea of a child being led by a father. And in fact, he takes up the yoke from their neck. He freed them from slavery. Then verse 5 is about returning to Egypt. And that was confusing because I was remembering Hosea 8.13, where it seems to say they will return to Egypt. But A.R. Fawcett says that this reference in chapter 11 is looking back to Hosea 7.11, where it talks about them looking to Egypt, like sending ambassadors and going to Egypt for military alliances. So the essence of verse 5 here is that that's not going to work out. Instead, the Assyrian will be their king. And verse 6 seems to corroborate this by stating their destruction will put an end to their plans. And in case you lose sight of the reasons, verse 7 points out again that it is because they are determined to turn from God. But in verse 8, he says he doesn't want to give up on them which again is a recurring theme. He's telling them there has to be some judgment, but he's going to do some special things. But first here, he lists these cities, Adma and Zeboim. Now, these are first listed in Genesis 10, 19 as places that the descendants of Ham's son Canaan lived. And then we hear about them again in Genesis 14, verses 2 and verses 8, as the kings of these two cities were among the kings that Abraham helped when he rescued Lot. So that also included the kings of Sodom and Gomorrah. However, they were also among the cities that were destroyed when Sodom and Gomorrah were destroyed. And that is told to us in Deuteronomy 29.23. God, through Hosea, says again in verses 8 through 9 that he does not want to destroy Israel. He will not execute the full fierceness of his his anger, his righteous judgment, because he is not a man, he is God. The implication in verse 10 being that he will make a way to do otherwise. And then it talks about him coming as a lion. He's not coming to devour them, though they are trembling. Um, However, also A.R. Fawcett says that the translation of trembling here is indicating their haste. But He is coming as a lion mighty to save and will settle them in houses. It talks about them coming from the west, which notably is the Mediterranean Sea, if you look at a map. And in fact, A.R. Fawcett says that what the phrasing that is translated from the west literally means from the sea. And then it also talks about them coming from Egypt, which is to the south, basically, and from Assyria, which is basically northeast. 
He talks about them coming as doves, and this metaphor of doves returning in peace is also used in Isaiah 60, verse 8, when the Lord returns to Zion. There seems to be some disagreement about how to translate verse 12, particularly the part regarding Judah. Here in the World English Bible, it is written as negative, like Judah is also not following God. However, the King James Version says, But Judah yet ruleth with God and is faithful. Young's literal translation says something similarly positive, as does the New English Translation, the Revised Standard Version, and even the American Standard Version and the English Standard Version. The NIV is kind of split, saying that the faithfulness is God's faithfulness. Historically, Judah is under the faithful kings during this time predominantly, though they are still prophesied about in other places as being due judgment soon enough. However, the message is clear about Ephraim that in spite of Ephraim's deceit, Yahweh still has plans for their good. That's all for today. Thanks for listening. That is the Bible News Press segment for today but not the end of our journey.